You're listening to the We Don't Want to Wait iZombie Podcast Marshmallow Crossover Special. My name is Robin. And I'm Stephanie. And we are here to talk Veronica Mars. Season 2, Episodes 7, 8, and 9. All right. Nobody Puts Baby in a Corner, Ahoy Mateys, and My Mother the Fiend. My Mother the Fiend, yes. And a uh, little special announcement stuff. You don't even know this. Uh, but, oh, what? I'm so excited. Uh, well, this has to do with our podcast. We don't want to wait. Um, coming okay. this Friday, we are officially three years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're in our terrible Whoa. threes. And you're and, and, and you're already falling asleep on me. I'm sorry. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Uh, and uh, it's also a special episode for us. This is episode uh, 150 of We Don't Want to Wait. Mm. We've done 150 episodes of this show, and we've been doing it for three and, years. And 100 of it was small. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, iZombie podcast listeners I don't even know what episode we're on. We're we're pretty high up there too. Um, but let's start off talking about a little Diane Ruggiero joint called Nobody Puts Baby in a Corner. The synopsis is Veronica takes on two cases to find an abused child and to find out why a respected doctor would lie to the police about Logan. So, uh, why don't we start with the, uh, the case of who's being abused, shall we? Okay, if we must. Mm. <laughs> I don't, I just don't want... I just don't want to see anything about abused kids. Uh-huh. You know, it's just disturbing. It's just if, icky. You know, to me, uh, honestly, all of these kids are being abused. <laughs> we'll, we'll go through them one by one. Well, first, you know, we got we. So Duncan asks Veronica for help. He's spying in Meg's stuff and finds out that uh, she was babysitting a child who's uh, being mentally abused. They're making her write a uh, like a uh, like a burn book to themselves, basically saying, "I was bad. I deserve to be punished over and over and over again." So um, Veronica takes case, says she's going to babysit all these kids that Meg babysat to see if she can compare a writing sample to uh, uh, the the book, the notebook. And apparently every time she babysat, Duncan met her and hung out with her. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were going out, you know, for a while. Um, but, um, you know, so – but I, I don't think they were specifically clear. I got the impression that it was while they were dating that all this babysitting uh, was going on. Yeah. Up. But it was just a lot of mm. it. <laughs> because Duncan was like an expert on everybody's house uh-huh. and everything that was going That's on. true. And how Meg got into their house. and mm-hmm. So suspect one is the Fullers. Uh, we have little Edwin who gets a, you know, a very busy schedule. Um, and Who is Sabrina? Mm, Sabrina. I, I have no idea. It opened with, we're looking <coughs> at something that Sabrina did. It's on the, it's framed on the wall. And the mom says, yes, yeah, Sabrina is quite an overachiever at college. She's just doing this and doing that. And I, it may not have been Sabrina, but it was a name like Sabrina. It's like we should know what she's talking about. I didn't know who she was talking about. No, I have no idea. I don't remember I that. guess. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, this was a this is a uptight mom that, yeah, that overschedules her son. But the child seems to thrive. You know, sometimes it's just that you, you parent the kid the right way and... But he's like a little robot. He's he's just snapping to attention and 
you know, like he looks at the clock. He, does, he doesn't want to break the rules yep. and he's going right by the schedule. So who knows what has gotten him to be to this place because by the end, he's painted a little picture to Veronica which shows him with his head cut off. <laughs> with her head cut off. Oh, was her head cut off? I think it was her oh, head man. cut off. I'll have to look again. I thought it was kind of like a, he cut his own head off and just a – and also the dad is like, hey, you know, if you want, you could drop by my boat, smoke a J, fool around. <laughs> Which is just like, whoa. Yeah. And it just says it so matter of factly. Also, he's got a crayon box like, that says Josh Ola. And I was expecting to find some sort of trivia about that. I didn't find anything. Instead of Crayola, Josh well, Ola. It's, it's like, yeah, uh, I invite all the babysitters by the uh, yacht to smoke a yeah. J and fool around. Uh, I, th- this doesn't actually, you know, he must be like, he must watch a lot of porn videos or something. And it's like, that's just what you do. You invite the babysitters I to the yacht so. and, and then action happens. Um, suspect two, uh, we have the, uh, recently divorced Ms. Hauser, uh, and health class teacher who is played by Carrie Coleman, who was actually in the, uh, the amazing Spider-Man movies. Um, she was Gwen Stacy's mom. In the uh, Amazing hmm. Spider-Man, she's Emma Stone's mom in those movies. <laughs> so, well, didn't really see her earlier. Uh, no, she shows up again in My Mother, the Fiend. But this oh, is okay. her first episode, this I is, believe. This is our introduction yeah. to her. She is kind of. Uh, <laughs> she's the bitter divorcee. She kicks a girl out of her class for sneezing too cutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But she is uh, – she's willing to be honey-trapped by the uh, gorgeous uh, uh, Sheriff Lamb and his uh, hot bachelor auction flyer. So uh, Veronica is able to get a babysitter uh, – a babysitting job out of her even though she initially refused. Um, so we meet Albert who is just uh, – I want ice cream, scream <laughs> – and the only thing that's, that 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 calms him down is uh, the TV, because <laughs> they don't have television at yeah, right. And then I, I, those I don't like those. <laughs> and then uh, and then Hauser <laughs> returns, uh, and she's got a date with a deputy, and then she's like, "Oh, a name like Sax." <laughs> I don't know what that's <laughs> supposed to mean, but uh, so we go to suspect three, which is little Rodney Goodman, son of Woody. And uh, the way um, Veronica gets over that house is that she um, decides to gal pal it up with uh, Gia and have a little – well, she was says she's just going to hang out with her. But then it turns out to be a, a, a slumber party. Rihanna on the tube. There's hairbrushes. There's PJs. Um, but Veronica notices that Rodney flips out when he spills water. And, yeah, and you have to take your shoes off every time you, you come in their oh, house. Yeah. Everybody's got their own little – a snuggie basket or something. I don't even know. Yeah, and when the mother comes home, everybody gets real tense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we have this really ominous um, scene where Veronica is spying on the Goodmans, talking to little Rodney, and he's looking really guilty. And they walk him off uh, to his room, and it's just like, what's going on mm-hmm. there? But you know, nothing really. Ha- I mean, also we discover. Uh, uh, oh, Madison is there. Madison Sinclair talks to Gia about dating Dick, and then Dick and Beaver show up drunk, which makes Veronica leave. So uh, Veronica is able to get samples from all three of the kids, and so it's time for uh, 
she and Duncan to go covertly into the Manning house to get that, you know, that little notebook. And it uh, looks like Meg hides and vents, hides stuff and vents too, which is something that Duncan taught her. And um, yeah, they find a, uh, a notebook that says the path to God is pa- paved in righteousness. And that's when we see Duncan pocketing something else that was in the vent. We don't see what that is just yet. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, little envelope. Um, and Veronica looks at the at the notebooks. She's like, "This is not boys' writing. This is girls' writing." Which, which I'm just like, <laughs> sexist. Yeah, <laughs> boys yeah. can write pretty too. <laughs> and that's when Veronica notices that Meg's got a little sister named Grace. They go to her room, and then they find her locked in a secret room behind the closet. Yeah, that's very. Disturbing. We got some flowers in the attic stuff going on in this house. Yeah. And um and she says, Daddy says I'm not ready to be tested. <laughs> Which what? Um and yeah, yeah. So man Mr. Manning catches them, um, and then Sheriff gets called and he calls Veronica a filthy lying whore and, yeah. and then Lamb takes them out and Veronica whispers to Lamb about the secret room. But uh, he ends up letting them go and then just kind of parking ominously in front of the Manning house. Yeah. There, okay. This, this, there was a lot going on yeah. here. Because, okay, so the dad gets mad and calls Veronica a whore because he gets caught with his child in a secret closet. Right. But, it, oh, that's, that's, just, that's disturbing to me. Anyway, um, we, then when Lamb comes yeah. in, Lamb... Says that his father, he's heard his father say those words or, or mm-hmm. you know, in the same predicament, you know, and you're like, okay, we know Lamb is a sorry, lazy chef. Right. So why did he not arrest? Why did he not do the right thing? He halfway did the right yeah. thing. He didn't arrest Veronica and Duncan, but, and he parked outside to let, uh, the Ma- Manning, Mr. Manning, Manning? Yeah. Meg Manning, know that he's on to it. Right, but that's it. But it, did not follow through and it, and arrest It him. was it so, like it was good. It was cool to see this side of Lamb. This is something we've never seen from Lamb before, which is really weird. Yeah. See him do the right thing, but he, he doesn't. But right he's thing. also like for once, he's taking something really seriously. Like this really upsets him. Mm-hmm. And but then he doesn't go back into the house and you know arrest Mr. Manning or you know so it mm-hmm. I mean I don't remember if this gets wrapped up in later episodes but it was kind of unsatisfying to see this episode end and just have this not finish uh, I don't mm-hmm. know but okay so I'm reading on IMDb it's under spoilers oh boy this is not really a spoiler it just i'd forgotten that this happens but right before veronica says you know look at look in the secret look in the look at the closet there's a secret room right before she says that he's about to whisper to veronica something like he's got something planned maybe or he knows what's going on Hmm. he believes her oh i didn't i didn't catch that but huh interesting yeah I, I don't know. I feel like something will come of this later. Maybe. I mean, we're not done with the Mannings yet. Um, I mean, because Meg is still in the coma um, at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of a side plot here. I, I wrote this at the bottom. Uh, we have Veronica also growing 
kind of jealous of Meg, you know, hearing all this stuff about Meg. And I, I just I, – I wrote this down because one of my favorite parts of this episode was Veronica emailing Wallace about her jealousy of Meg. And then she's like, this is getting too Doogie Hauser for me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, she's referencing like typing on a computer and talking to herself, but it's also like kind of like a meta commentary on like leaning on the voiceover a little bit too hard to get into Veronica's, Veronica's head. <laughs> so, uh huh. Um, so this other case, the lying surgeon. Um, this is the beginning of what happens in the next episode, which is one of the scariest moments on Veronica Mars, if you ask me. But um, uh, the case of the lying surgeon, uh, Logan. Needs help discrediting this guy. She goes to the surgeon. It's Dr. Tom Griffith. And um, he says, he says, uh, or she says that she definitely wants implants. And then she says, not clown boobs, a generous C. <laughs> clown boobs. <laughs> I so know. Funny. I love that this, that her being flat chested is a <laughs> long, I mean, it's all the way back to the second yep, episode. Yeah. And uh, Griffith's like gives her a flyer on body dysmorphia and says, you know, I'm not going to work on you or whatever. And uh, and then she's wondering if he's just being a nice guy or if he wanted her gone. Um, little side note here. Kristen Bell apparently played a girl wanting plastic surgery and guessed, when she guest starred on an episode of Everward, Everwood before uh, Veronica Mars. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if it was another I boom job. <laughs> I did not know she was on that show. I guess at all. she guessed it on it. Um, so yeah, Veronica follows Griffith into, Griffith into a tobacco shop and was like, "Well, oh, what did he buy?" And then Keith gets mad when he smells smoke on her jacket, and uh, she says, "You know about where she was," and he says, "That was that place is notorious for drug deals." So there's that. Um, mm-hmm. Next thing I have is gold digging Kendall. Um, <laughs> I love Eastern Charisma Carpenter. I'm sorry. Every time, every time, it's just like, I just, I'm so happy we get to spend more time with Charisma Carpenter after finishing yeah. Redemption Cast, you know? Uh, yeah. And, you know, especially how we finish Redemption Cast, which is without Charisma Carpenter. But, um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're, uh, Veronica and Duncan watching Big Lebowski and Veronica doing the dude quotes. That was really cute. Yeah. And- These lips. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, then Duncan smacking on her neck. I'm like, Whoa. like this is in my earbuds. I don't like hearing this. <laughs> but you know, I don't hate Duncan. No, I no. don't. I don't dislike no, Duncan. He's a good guy. Yeah, I'm enjoying Duncan and Veronica. Where the first time I watched this, I couldn't stand him. All I wanted was, you know, I just wanted uh, Logan, Logan, Logan. He's doing mysterious things. I got to say. I mean, you know, there's stuff we're going to talk about later, but, um, well, let's just keep like, okay. So Kendall shows up as Logan's room service. Um, Veronica recognizes Veronica from <laughs> the, she, the gym, iPod girl, gym girl, iPod girl <laughs> with the waxy ear boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Small world. Um, so yeah, Veronica is disgusted and Duncan is pointedly not disgusted. He's like, you know, this is. Kendall's cool. She's cool. She's, she's, she's like not. us. She's one of yeah. us. She's young. Um, and uh, Veronica's like, oh, ass slaps and high fives. <laughs> Maybe she'll buy some beer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so Kendall and Dick and Beav uh, find out that, uh, well, the boys have trust funds and Kendall got nothing. And so. Yeah. The lawyer says, she says, well, what do I do? And he said, well, what did you do before? <laughs> 
She was broke. <laughs> so they, the boys, had to figure out a way to get their get permission to unlock their trust funds early. Um, and then mommy comes home, Mrs. Casablancas, which um, I thought there was going to be more uh, with her, but she, she's there for like one scene. Mm-hmm. Um, she just says she wants them to be responsible. So yeah, they get the money. Yeah, she doesn't want them to come to her. <laughs> yeah. Um. They get the money. Dick gives uh, Kendall a maid outfit. <laughs> and uh, so then Kendall goes to Logan and is like, okay, so this is my this is my uh, pot of gold here. So I got to – so she acts all super in love with him and he sees, all, sees right through it. And uh, she says, what am I supposed to do? And he says, frankly, my dear, you know the rest. <laughs> and so um, – then she goes and gets in bed with Duncan. Yeah, she strips for Duncan, and yeah, strangely, that scene ends. You know, you don't know what and happened. We don't know what Duncan does. And then later, uh, when um, yeah, later Ken- Kendall leaves later. Well, we so we don't know when she left, what time this is, how long she's been with Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Logan tells her to get a job, and she says, "This is my job." <laughs> and then pointedly, Logan. Uh, Asked Duncan about Kendall right in front of Veronica, and he says she just needed my help with something. So, hmm. Yeah, we're supposed to be distrustful yeah. of Duncan, but I, I don't know. I, I think it's a, what do you call it, a red herring? You I think, think so? Yeah, I think he's pretty devoted, devoted to Veronica. But, I mean, he is, but he's still like obsessing. Oh Meg, you're like, why is he so obsessed with Meg? I'll tell you, if I was a, a young teenage uh, boy, <laughs> like, and Charisma Carpenter was in my bed <laughs> naked, <laughs> just be like, <laughs> I don't know, I yeah, probably wouldn't be thinking about my high school girlfriend at that point. But <laughs> yeah, it's a very, uh, it's a very tempting. Holy cow! Uh, there's also a little tiny thing. But just, I want to mention this before we go on to the next episode. Uh, Woody tells Keith about how he's going to like upgrade Neptune and incorporate the wealthy part of the town, and wants Keith as the chief of police. And Keith says he he's oh, not even yeah. sure if he'd be able to live in that part of town. <laughs> be way too expensive. So there's that. It would be a very very small town. So that's probably a, a thread that we're going to explore further in the future. Um, so uh, shall we get on to Ahoy, mateys? Um, Okay. Written by John Embaum and Kathy Belbin. Um, Veronica and Keith try to uncover who is tormenting the family of a student that died in the bus crash. Meanwhile, Veronica's investigation into Felix's death leads her into a pit of vipers. <sighs> okay. <laughs> this was. This was. This whole. Go ahead. Go ahead. This whole Felix. This is very confusing. I, I, it's very hard for me to follow. <laughs> yes, it's true. I had to kind of back it up and go, what, what, what now? Let, okay. Let's. Because I was like, what, where was Weevil at this time? Uh-huh. Let's talk it through. Yeah. Okay. So uh, okay. Veronica tells Logan about the cigar store and, uh, you know, they're not sure if this guy, this doctor is a, a pipeline to prescription drugs or not. And Logan says something about going into a cell. And I just wanted to mention that, um, in the original script, uh, he didn't want a bottom bunk in Fisty McFistalot's cell, and standards and practices didn't allow this phase, phrase, but somehow strangely did allow its arguably more explicit replacement, Fisty R- McRapes-a-lot. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
which just makes no sense to me uh, at all. <laughs> standards and practices are so weird. Um, so Veronica digs up uh, some info. Uh, oh, I, I, I should mention Connor Kent actually tries to buy some drugs off of Weevil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, Baby and much like Superman, he gets his shirt ripped, but there's no S symbol. Um, most people know this kid as the kid from High School Musical <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas Grabeel. Um, I think he's known as Kelly in uh, uh, in the cast listing. So, Kelly. Okay. He's an O-Niner. Well, he bought some drugs. He bought some acid or something. From Coke. a Coke. Oh, well, it was Coke. I hope so, yeah. From a from a PCH. From a brown person, he says. Yes, he didn't know which one it was. <laughs> so evil scares him off by ripping his shirt and then threatening to steal his rims, which is just like yeah, le- leading like, into no, the stereotype to just really get at him. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. it really reminded me of. Are you, are you watching True Detective? Oh, uh, we get. Uh, okay, well, Marshalli is like constantly threatening. Um, the people he might potentially arrest, uh, to, that they're going to end up getting raped in prison by, you know, black people, you know, just to kind of lean into the racist stereotypes to horrify them more, you know, mm. yeah, sad. Uh, so, uh, so Griffith, Dr. Griffith was reprimanded for inappropriate offsite practice in a case brought against him by Danny Boyd. So Logan brings Veronica to visit Danny Boyd. And did you recognize this guy? Yes. Taylor Sheridan. He is an actor. Uh, But he's mostly a writer now. Sicario. And he did direct. Did he direct Sicario? No, he wrote Sicario, Hell in High Water, and and Sicario 2, Day of the Solidado or something like that. Oh, that's the one where Trump gets all this uh, women taped up and uh, prayer rugs uh, at the border. Yeah. This happened in this movie? movie. Oh, Oh, that's what he got the idea from. Okay. Yeah. He keeps talking about these women taped up and these prayer rugs at the border and something else. And these are and people have realized that's not real life. That was in a movie. <laughs> um Yeah. But anyway oh he also wrote Wind yeah, River. Wrote, that was a pretty that's, good movie. That's the one he wrote and directed. And uh yeah, I do okay. like that. I like Helen High Heller Highwater too. I never saw the second Sicario, but I did see the first one. I didn't I don't think I saw the first Sicario. Um but he's he's getting getting paid doing the movies. Mm-hmm. I just love like his first. Well, first off, they named him Danny Boyd, and he's like part of like this Irish gang. <laughs> oh, Danny Boyd! Um, and then when, <laughs> when Veronica shows up at his front door, he's like, "Tell me you're 18. Oh, like I care. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then he notices, and then he says something about, "Oh, there's only one thing. Obviously, you need to get." Plastic surgery for Oh yeah yeah. Uh, You know You don't need any Plastic surgery Except for the obvious And Yeah Veronica Like just follows This stranger Into his backyard Past an angry pit bull Into like A a building Behind his house Like what Is she An idiot Or what the hell Like she really does Step into a pit of vipers This is the River Sticks The home of the Fighting Fitzpatrick's and he talks about how the doctor operated on him after he hurt himself playing pool, basically. <laughs> and that's when we meet Liam Fitzpatrick. Um, 
Yeah, see, this guy, Danny Boyd, was dumb <sighs> to let Veronica into the pit of viper. Pit of vipers? <laughs> River six. six. I just keep calling it a pit of vipers because that's just what I think of it. Like these, this is like, like the worst place that she could ever be. Yeah, and okay, so you're talking about how he. And that this guy kind of attacks Veronica and is going to tase her and going to and sca- really scares her. What, is that what no, he does? She, what does okay, he do? So, so she she says she's a girl named Lori trying to pr- get plastic surgery. Another girl's like, no, that's Veronica Mars. That is like the son of Keith Mars. And that's when Liam is like, oh. And then he just like grabs her. Uh, no, Danny tries to grab her. She tases him, and Liam grabs her and slams her down on the pool table by by her freaking throat. And then, that's not a taser he's holding; that is a tattoo gun. He's gonna he's gonna tattoo her face. Oh, which is I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one of the I mean, yeah, Veronica stuck in a fridge with on that's on fire was pretty scary. But I think this is scarier than that. This is really scary. It is, and I know it's. It's very it's different it's pretty severe yeah. for the show but i think it's to show how dangerous the fighting Fitzpatrick. oh yeah are. i don't want her anywhere near these guys yeah we're kind of you know the pchers they're kind of it's good to have them on her side yeah. they're very helpful but this group is dangerous. They are, yeah super dangerous and I, I definitely want to mention liam fitzpatrick played by rodney roland um who was in Space Above and Beyond? But I am no. I know it mostly as uh, Ed Jers from the X Files episode Never Again, the guy with the talking tattoo. Mm. Don't remember that episode. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Scully ends up going on a date with him, and then his tattoos like talking to him, and he ends up nearly killing her. Oh, so good. That's like one of the best ones. Anyway, okay. Jodie Foster was the <laughs> voice of the tattoo. Do we need to rewatch oh, this yeah. again? Okay. (laughs) He was most recently, uh, for us at least, uh, he was. Oh, wait, stop. Can we stop? Let's just talk about X Files. Okay, I found out that in Las Vegas there is an X Files as well as a Buffy the Vampire Slayer slot. Play them both, please. I must must play these things. Uh, I was going to say, most recently for us that we've talked about him, um, he was in an Angel episode. He was in um, the fifth season premiere uh, called Conviction. And he was like a scumbag client that pretty much like ordered Angel around and said that, you know, he's got to do his bidding because that's what Wolfram Hart. Anyway, look it up. Doesn't ring a bell. Steph podcasts about stuff and puts it in the recycle bin. <laughs> uh, I was like, why have I looked up? I've looked up this, this guy like three times at least in podcasting. But anyway, um, so yeah, Logan. Steps in, says he's got 911 on the line, and Liam's like, whatever, call him. And that's when Logan pulls a gun and says that he's had a very bad year. Mm. And freaking, again, super scary because they, they just kind of like let Veronica go, and she just like backs, she like jumps off the table and runs to Logan. And it, like you'd see her turn around, and you're waiting for like some sort of like snappy line to come out of her to kind of ease the tension. Mm-hmm. Like she is. But she's terrified. She is so scared um, and yeah. ends up leaving. I mean, because you think, okay, you know, her going into that bar, being led into that. Uh, the River Sticks. River Sticks. 
they're like, you know, Veronica can handle herself. She can. She's been in some sticky situations. She's always got a plan. Right. She could. She's pretty smart. But yeah, I think this was pretty stupid for her to go in there and and uh, with Logan bring you know has a gun. Like this is serious, yeah. Logan. What are you doing? And she yeah, it's like the adrenaline's pumping through her, and then she gets into Logan's car and just boom, she starts crying. And then yells at Weevil, yells at Logan for having a gun, and you see that he's got. Yeah, yeah. Her and Logan are slowly becoming (sighs) frenemies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Their their relationship is changing. But again, this kind of reminds her of the reason why she broke up with them. This is he's carrying a gun around. What the heck? So yeah, I have this next part in bold because I. Really wanted to talk this out with you because I bet this is probably where you got confused as well. Veronica accuses Weevil of working for the Fitzpatricks and says, they're scratching your back. How are you scratching their back? Um, they're scratching your back. Yeah. Um, so was this like you're like – because I, I remember going, what? What? Why? Why is that? No, I can't tell you how I knew that Weevil somehow got uh, – it's <laughs> – <laughs> it's the girl. It's the sister. The sister. Whose sister? Somehow the drugs that little Clark Kent bought. Oh, you're, are you are you came are you from, going to reference something in the future? I thought this all came out. What? No. Okay. So <laughs> okay, you tell me how is. Let me tell you. I can. I know that how the PCHers are. Okay, you tell me because I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to well, say I don't uh, know, but it made it sense out, at the honestly. time. When, while I was watching it, it made sense, but I can't tell you right <laughs> it's now. It's so convoluted because it has something to do, has, has to do with Felix's death. It has to do with Curly. I just, it's all like I, – I honestly – I really do need to go back and just like kind of read – through the wiki, some older episodes. Maybe somebody in the group will go like, "Okay, let's lay, lay it out here." Because what it comes down to is Weevil finding out that some of his boys are selling drugs that are coming uh, to the, you know, they're they're selling them for the Fitzpatricks. So okay. Veronica thinks that Weevil is a part of that. Weevil knows nothing about it. Okay, and. And this makes Weevil wonder, like, well, what else do I not know? So he ends up asking Thumper, uh, which is a name I who the heck I, is I had to I had to look up, like, okay, who's who? So Thumper is the bald guy. <laughs> okay. He okay. He gotcha. asks about the night that Felix died, and Thumper says, while Weevil was knocked out, Felix went for Logan's keys. Uh, you know, leaned over him. We see we see a flashback, and Logan pulls a knife and stabs uh, Felix in the stomach, and they c- collapses. So Logan does kill Felix, according to this flashback. But okay, but also okay. The the doctor, the witness, yeah. is not. You know, Logan said this is not the right. guy. So the Fitzpatrick's are trying to cover up for the fact that uh, Felix died. They want to blame it on Logan. So, so the Fitzpatrick's killed Felix. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe the Fitzpatrick's caught them on the bridge. But the thing is, like, a like Weevil doesn't know anything about it because he's knocked out. Um, How did Weevil get knocked uh, out? Logan. He Logan? kicked him right in the head. Okay. Remember when he came off the. Bridge there. Oh, Weevil yeah. just went right down. <laughs> um, yeah. So Thumper sa- says this story, and he also mentions that the last two on the bridge were Hector and Bootsy. 
So again, these two, another couple of people that we don't really know know much about. We don't know these PCHers very well. Um, so yeah, Logan gets jumped and kidnapped. It's you know it's the people's court. It's PCHers and ski masks. I believe one of them Stumper. Uh, maybe the other one's Hector. Um, they hold the phone and say um, they they threaten to shoot his hand and kind of play like Russian roulette to make him swear. Uh, make make him uh, uh, admit that he he killed Felix and he swears he doesn't know and then they move the gun to his crotch and um, then they uh, hang up the phone toss him on the beach and it looks like Logan did some sleight of hand and grabbed the phone as he's being hauled out of there and then calls the last number and it is Weevil and uh, Weevil says is this done and Logan says it's just getting started what uh... I know it's like it keeps it keeps escalating mm-hmm. between the two. Yeah. I mean, I figure you know, I mean, murder is a pretty big escalation escalation. But um, then again, you know, who knows if either of them were involved in it? But definitely, burning down Logan's entire estate is is a pretty extreme. <laughs> yeah, uh, stealing Grandma's house, and now they're like you know. Holding him at gunpoint and beating him And yeah it's just crazy Bunch of high schoolers This is like Riverdale stuff uh- <laughs> No it's not <laughs> Riverdale gets pretty dark oh, Doesn't it <laughs> Oh it's so dumb it's Such a stupid Anyway on to the case of the pirate radio ghost Um so uh, the Oliviera's family is getting tormented. Uh, their son Marcos died in the bus crash, but ever since then they're getting toy buses, they're getting pictures rearranged. The house smells like his cologne. There's mysterious voicemails from Marcos. Um, so uh, you know. Okay, pause. Mm. How many freaking people were on this <laughs> bus? I know. <laughs> if you go back, it doesn't. It seems like a handful. Yeah, you know, when you're looking at the actual scene. It, yeah, it looked at it, it was only a handful. <laughs> it's just, every day it's a new person. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Olivieria think it has something to do with the fact that they're suing the school, and maybe it's the school administrators all like. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really sad, <laughs> disturbing, that somebody would just torment grieving parents uh-huh. like that. It's a thing that, I mean, of course, um, what was it, like an entire board was tormenting. Who are they going after? Gosh, these episodes. Yeah, that would be pretty bad if a so now it's school, a whole bunch of school administrators. Um, so uh, yeah, one kid, one kid says in a Neptune Navigator, he says that the, no one really knew Marcus. We'll we'll meet that kid later. But um, Veronica goes to the yearbook, and it, he's not even the yearbook. It says not pictured. Um, she gets an email from a girl saying Marcus is nice, but couldn't say anything. She's got a jealous boyfriend. And meanwhile, Keith finds an MP3 player under Marcos's mom's car playing Marcos's voice over the radio. Uh, that MP3 player is paid for by Neptune High. So again, it's thrown back at Neptune High. Mm-hmm. Um, we also meet uh, Principal Moorhead. Um, yeah. I didn't really realize that Clem- Clemens, Clemens was nice. Yeah, I forgot. I just I was just assuming he was principal. I like I didn't pay that. attention yeah. to that. And the way Moorhead talks, it's like, yeah, this is what I've I paid Clemens for it, is to keep you out of my hair in particular. <laughs> um, but all he says is that you know we take this lawsuit very seriously, and that's all all they're going to really say. Um, and uh, you know he mentions the lawyers, Simon and Stearns. Um, so Veronica asks Mac about the MP3 recording, and it is from um, a, 
uh, a pirate radio show called Ahoy Mateys. And uh, so we find out that Marcos is a classic uh, pump up the volume case. <laughs> quiet at school, you know, quiet Christian Slater with the, the glasses on. And then when they get, he gets home, he's happy Harry hard on, you know, playing Lo- Leonard Cohen and the Pixies, you know. But instead, it's their, their Captain Crunk and Imitation Crab. That's that's their names. Crunk <laughs> um, always dropped bitter tirades, and all of a sudden, the show went off the air for four weeks. Then they got back. Captain Crunk was gone, and um, oh, the, this is where Mac challenges Veronica to try having a conversation with her wh- without asking questions, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. <laughs> But I love I love it like Mac is kind of challenging Veronica like like Wallace was, but Wallace gets more like emotional about it, whereas Mac is like, listen, if you're gonna just talk to me like like this, you're just gonna have to give me money. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, the Veronica and Mac track the pirate radio to Clemens' house, and we find out it's uh, it's uh, Butters, otherwise known as Vincent, who is imitation crab. And um, that was pretty. Yeah. Okay. Now, this was hilarious where they were standing at the door. They were like, you know, you got a plan. Yeah, I got a plan. Well, the door opens and it's the vice principal, Clement and Veronica, who usually is, you know, good at this like improv Mm -hmm. thing. She would didn't know what to do (laughs) because it was a shock that it was the principal's vice principal's house. And so they have to pretend to, oh, we're just wondering what Butters, I mean, Vince is doing. We need homework help. Then they imply that Mac has a crush on him, which gets him in the door. (laughs) Yeah, and the principal is so glad that that his kid has friends over. Um, so yeah, Veronica like says like, okay, obviously you made a deal with your father to keep the station going if you give your dad recordings of Marco's Akito his house and technical know how how to torture the parents. I'm like, what? I mean, Vincent is like, no way. <laughs> and I think I was thinking the same thing. I was like, really? You think Clemens would do all this <laughs> awful stuff? I just yeah. Um, but he says Marcos went away for four weeks, came back weird, and then the bus crashed. And it turns out that, that he went to Camp Self Quest rather than Elf Quest. Oh. Uh, a conversion. Yeah. Um, yeah, through the, the whole thing, I was, I was thinking, okay, if the parents are faking this, this is going to be terrible. Mm. And then it turns uh, – with the way it turns out – Yeah. You earned it with, you know, you, you turned, you took your, you, you traumatized your kid by sending him to gay conversion camp and now he's dead. It's your fault. I blame mm. you. And I, and that's why I'm t- terrorizing. Like I buy that. That's, that works for me. Right. And it's weird. Like Keith, Keith busts the neighbor who comes in there and he's got cologne on, but, um, you know, he just comes over for beers. So yeah, it turns out that Mr. Carlos Olivieras, Marcos's dad, like I guess at first, you know, with the recordings that Vincent was not Vincent, um, Ryan uh, mm-hmm. was planting, who was in love with Marcos, uh, to just kind of torture them for you know making him go to this camp, which then made him want to do things like go to a baseball game and with his, with a bunch of kids in order to impress his parents. Like he's got this like long, like he is dead because this, 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 and this lets this, this all comes back to the parents. So I'm going to torture the parents. Yeah. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. 
Um, but then, you know, Mr. Olivieris is taking advantage of this and suing the school. And it turns out that he's planting his own buses and, I don't know, maybe he's telling it. I, I wasn't quite clear on how much Carlos was behind he, and on something about fish food, I'm not sure I got lost in yeah. there, but something about maybe the parents did it the last time. I guess that the last time, what the last know. bus crash? No, the last bus hidden in there. Oh apartment. yeah, yeah, and leaving the little letterhead, which of course had the lawyer's letterhead on there mm-hmm. with the alarm code on there to make it look like some blatant evidence that the school was definitely doing it, so they can get this money. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I also love that Vincent tells Veronica that Marcos wasn't gay. He was a playboy-loving booty hound. And Veronica says, do me a favor, never describe me. (laughs) 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 Which I just love. Uh, So um, that's it for that case. We do have a little bit more Duncan stuff. Duncan has this wild dream where Meg is like guilting him about leaving her or something. And then Veronica just kind of steps out with this like see-through netted top. And being like a total bad girl. Yeah, it's almost like he has, um, oh, he's like, what am I trying to say? His made Meg into a angel or something. Yeah. (laughs) Veronica's the devil. But Veronica is the temptation. Whereas Meg is like perhaps somebody that uh, he feels he has a responsibility to, perhaps. Maybe. We also see the letter was addressed to Meg from a Chris Talley, and it says private and confidential. And uh, he opens Chekhov's letter, and he says, oh, my God. And that's where the episode ends. <laughs> Who is Chris Talley? No, We don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, so I should do my spiel here. I do want to remind you to all listeners to check out the app from our friends at TV Time. If you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV Time app today. Go to tvtime.com for more details. And uh, we're also a member of the TV Talk Network, so make sure you check out TV Talk for more podcasting fun. That's tvtalk.fm. And now... We get into My Mother the Fiend, which is the one that's most recent in my memory because I watched it last night. (laughs) Uh, Synopsis is, uh, after reading her mother's school records, Veronica discovers that Celeste Kane might have had a secret baby in high school. Written by Phil Klemmer and Dana Lynn North. Um, So I have this all separated into different stories. Um, The smallest one being just basically Veronica finds that frozen rat in in the freezer and asks Keith about it and is feeling kind of guilty. And uh, that you know, she thinks that maybe she was a target, and maybe she was being considered the rat. And also, Keith is feeling guilty because he feels that he should have won that sheriff's uh, yeah. campaign, you know, and kind of probably feels powerless. Wants to help, wants to solve this case, and it's not not happening. Uh, so, um, our next smallest plot is uh, I call it unlikely allies, and we have more. Logan Weevil drama. Logan and the O-Niners beat down Weevil and then put him on the flagpole. And um, then... Okay. Who was... Weevil put... Oh, Wallace on the flagpole the first yep. episode. Yep. And... Oh, because... Oh, this is where... Oh, uh, this is where they have the babies. Because Veronica is walking by and she says, okay. And she turns the baby's head <laughs> towards Weevil and says, this is first life lesson. What goes around comes around. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, 
Okay, even though the baby story is so overdone and it's like mandatory that you have to do it, there was some funny. What stuff. in high school dramas? <laughs> like you, yes. yeah. Usually it's like an egg, but let me tell you. I would be so pissed off if my kid came home with one of these things. And, like the way they're describing it, it like keeps them up at night. Yeah, it's like a, real, like a real baby. baby. It's called – they call it baby think it over. <laughs> That's what this, <laughs> the brand name is called. But uh, man, if my kid came home with one of those, I'd be like, I'll find the batteries right now uh, and turn it off because yeah. I'm not going to listen to that. I've been through that already and yeah. it's not happening again. Yeah. It's just why children grow yeah, up. Yeah. You're a teenager now, and I definitely don't want you staying up all night. You need school. You need sleep for school. Right. Well, what kind of class would do that? Like, that just see. Yeah. Honestly, I'd love to hear uh, from And you have to be, you have to be a rich school to M- afford must this. Must be. Yeah, I think my, my child did a flower, a, uh, like a five pound flower. This bag. is like, a, a a child with like a, some sort of like smart chip where it's like, it recognizes whether it's being lifted up. It recognizes, you know, mm-hmm. Veronica like slams it face first on the counter and Keith <laughs> lifts it up and starts cr- cradling it to make it feel better. Um, they have to feed it. Uh, yeah. I, I would love to hear from any of our listeners, um, you know, tweet at us, Facebook chat us. Let us know if this is something that actually happened in your high school because I think this is just something that got invented for TV because it's either eggs or like you said, bags of flour. Mm-hmm. Uh just like yeah, it's got to be like a rich school. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. if you had to take care of a uh, robot baby for for your in high school, <laughs> let us know, and uh, you know, also let us know if this was like a private school and if you can lend me some money. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, anyway, back to Weevil and Logan. Um, they talk angrily in the bathroom, and Weevil says he didn't shoot through Logan's uh, truck window. And Logan says he didn't mm-hmm. kill Felix, and Weevil says he wants a truce. Mm-hmm. Truce, but they gotta work together on this. But they gotta keep it secret. So they end up fighting it out to preserve, you know, the illusion that they're still. Fighting. I love it. I love Weevil and Logan. Weevil and Logan have as much chemistry <laughs> as Logan and Veronica. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're great. Uh, yeah, I and. Yeah, well, they were great last season when they were doing all those detentions together. It was sad to see, like, mm-hmm. you know, them coming to. I mean, you can tell, like, there are some really hard punches they were throwing at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when they when the fight was broke up, the uh, PCHers were like, "Yeah, we will just mop the floor with that boy. If it's me, I'd have killed him." Yeah, I know. You know that. So everybody believes it. Yeah, everybody believes that they're still. Yeah, feeding. I know. I noted Thumper is impressed, but Hector was not so much impressed. Like he was, he was thinking that Weevil should have done a little bit more damage. Uh. So we'll see where that goes to in the future. Um, my next, um, my next subplot here uh, is I titled it Beaver Incorporated. Um, so he's he hires Mac to make up this website for Phoenix Land Trust, and he says it's got to be like Fortune 500 caliber. And Mac's like, "Show me the money," you know. <laughs> yeah, that was some uh, flirting going on. Yeah, of. I see a little chemistry there for sure. They're they're very cute. Yeah, Beaver was trying to I mean Cassidy was trying to be he was trying to be cool. Yeah. He's trying to be grown up. Um. So. Uh, you know, this also involves Kendall because um, 
you know, Beaver, or, well, Kendall's still needing a job. She shows back up at Duncan's trying to seduce him, and he, and, and I love how disgusted she gets at the creepy baby, too. She's like, oh, no. <laughs> Not what I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she says she wants to take Duncan for a ride and, and says, uh, you don't need oh. sex ed. I am sex ed. <laughs> And that's when Logan shows up with Trina. And let me tell you, I have that this scene is the happiest I've ever been as a Buffy fan <laughs> to see Allison Hannigan and, and Chris McCarpenter playing two different characters in the same room, but still like yeah. being like like super nasty to each other because they it's like they have to play characters that completely hate each other. <laughs> yeah. And, just going back and forth. It was oh, great. Just Willow and Cordy in the same room again. It's just oh, it's so <laughs> great to see. Yeah, Trina is not very impressed with uh, Kendall. Um, so the last part of this whole thing is uh, uh, Beaver asks Kendall about uh, how she's selling her dad's things or his dad's things and offers her mm-hmm. a partnership and to be the face of Phoenix Land Trust. So... I don't know if it's such a good idea to be putting this company in Kendall's name. Uh, I'm I'm a little worried where this is going. Mm. Um, but yeah, there. I think that it ended with uh, Mac showing Beaver the website, and they're definitely very flirty. And then he tells her to change the name. Oh, that's right. She says she shows that he's like CEO on the website and says checks dig scars and acronyms. <laughs> mm. So let's get into Gossip Girl 80s edition. <laughs> Gossip Girls. Eight, this huh? is what I call this case. Gossip Girl 80s edition. <laughs> okay. All right. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Leanne and everything no. we find out about. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. This was weird. So it starts off really weird because, yeah, Clemens is asking Veronica for all his keys. He's calling her back on what happened like episodes ago when um, – she broke into his office to get those drug tests, and that was season, that was episode one of the season. Wow, it's so crazy! They called back to that, and yeah. um, she's he's like he could suspend her, but that would ruin her scholarship chances. So he's just going to give her detention, and brings her into this room, uh, piled with records, permanent records, and says she's got to uh, sort them all. And uh, I love the she says I I can use magic. I, I can't use magic, right? <laughs> Which uh, is actually a call back to Harry Potter. Um, uh, Half Blood Prince actually came out, or the the uh, book came out the previous year, and Harry Potter got the same kind of uh, uh, detention task, which was to sort all this all these files. Um, so yeah, she finds her mom's record and finds that she was suspended for spreading rumors with Ms. Hauser. Uh, Hauser says that a lot of people were hurt because Leanne couldn't keep her mouth shut. And Veronica asked Clemens what happened, and he said he was a young science teacher. Moorhead was vice principal, and uh, mentions um, that Mary Mooney was uh, somehow involved, and uh, she's the lunch lady there. So Veronica asked Mary through sign language, and Mary seems to spell out that uh, Leanne was a fiend. Mm-hmm, which I thought that's an odd word. <laughs> yes, I did not fall. I mean, I know I'm rewatching this, but I don't remember any of this stuff. So, like, I, I immediately was like, "No, she's probably misspelling that, and it's probably friend." Yeah, because she seemed like a nice person. Yeah. She wouldn't say that to Veronica that her mother was a terrible yeah. person. 
Yeah. No matter what, she would like, still yes, she was kind of sweetly <laughs> telling her this, like as if she's like, oh, I remember your mother. She was a fiend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is not the demeanor you would have if you were using the word fiend. And this is a deaf actress. Uh, her name is Terry Lynn Sachetti, and uh, she seems familiar. Yeah, she was in the Angel episode, the Magic Bullet. <gasps> oh. Yep. And so, yeah, Veronica does the title call. She says, my mom, the fiend, uh, rather than my mother. So Moorhead says v- Leanne was vicious and brings uh, Veronica to see Trina and who he greets. Yeah, really there's warmly. a lot of, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, it just depends on whose perspective we're getting. Mm-hmm. We find out Trina has been hired to direct Hamlet for Neptune High or some sort of Hamlet thing. I wish we could have seen more yeah. of that. But Macbeth, Hamlet. It was Hamlet. I get them mixed up. Hamlet, the one with the skull. Because yeah, because she takes a header of the skull. <laughs> Trina tells Veronica excitedly that uh, Evan Rachel Wood is going to be playing Veronica in the movie. But of course not. They're not going to call her Veronica because they won't. her and her dad won't sign off on the movie. Uh, yeah, Trina just doesn't. She just thinks everybody is all caught up in <laughs> the world of Hollywood yeah. you know did you not read about it in the trades <laughs> oh how could I have missed it and she tells her to audition for this Hamlet thing that she's directing and because uh, I wasn't sure if it was actually Hamlet or some sort of version of Hamlet or something I don't know mm-hmm. and Veronica says oh I'm not an actor <laughs> Trina says the play is my master and I am its whore <laughs> <laughs> which you know Veronica is an actor she acts all yep, the time yep. <laughs> So, yeah, Veronica continues with the case, looking up Leanne's old friend, Patty, and Patty drops the bombshell that uh, Jake possibly got Celeste pregnant 25 years ago because uh, she said she was pregnant, and the love child disappeared when she came back for prom. And was Leanne dumped because of the pregnancy, or did she say Celeste was pregnant uh, because she was dumped? So Veronica asked Keith about Leanne, and um, he just is like, oh, you know, she loved you, you loved her, that's what counts. And that's why not. You, you you wouldn't be you. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Uh. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He does give her the info that uh, the, there was a baby born and left in the girls' bathroom during prom. So. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Veronica then goes to Duncan to drop off the baby that they have to get. They had together, and <laughs> Duncan <laughs> says he's surprised his mom never got Lily one. You know, to scare her. And Veronica finds humor in that and then starts talking smack about Celeste when Celeste comes walking through the door with her assistant, Astrid. Astrid the red herring. Uh, <laughs> the claws come out and Veronica starts referencing babies being left at proms. I, and honestly, if Celeste did leave her baby at the prom, this would be really kind of an evil thing to to be like cutting into her about, you know? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celeste is nasty and has treated Veronica terribly. But yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty mean. And yeah, this is another one of those. This is one of those things where like Veronica gets so like involved in how much in her own like anger that she almost like you know goes a little bit too far in it. You know. Um, so yeah, um, Veronica pretends to be. Uh, an adult PI. I love the, her sitting at, at Keith's desk with Veronica Mars, <laughs> <laughs> private investigator or, B, or PI or whatever. 
And the adoption lady says uh, the client uh, says that it basically implies who the baby is and that it's Trina Eccles. And it's like, oh man, what a bombshell! I, I honestly wasn't didn't even wasn't even thinking about that. I was like, oh, it's oh, fun no. that Trina's in this episode. I wasn't even thinking that she was the mystery kid. <laughs> but um, so she tells she tells Trina after trying to like trap her into making some sort of. Uh, crazy uh, plea from the hospital bed to sell to the tabloids to shame Celeste. Yeah, that was that weird. was just again really kind of a mean thing to do if that was the truth, you know. Yeah, that was very very involved, very complicated. I love that Trina Trina thinks she's being punked. She's like Ashton, Ashton, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> Is Ashton going to come out? <laughs> Uh, Punked was a show hosted by Ashton Kutcher <laughs> where they would play practical jokes on celebrities. Um, okay. But then Trina's just like, oh, she calls Veronica a rascal. It says, go ahead, turn the whole thing into the tabloids. I don't mind. She oh, loves, yeah, she loves she it. Loves the headlines. So, uh, yeah, Veronica does it and then she shows Veron- she shows Trina this and then Mary busts in and she's really upset. She- she's going to donate bone marrow to Trina to save her and says that she's her mom. And then, made it- then-, and then Mary tells Veronica that Leanne was her friend and was the sweetest, coolest girl in school. And Veronica tells Trina, goes through the whole story with Trina. So we find out. Mary Mary told Leanne she was having an affair with a faculty member. Leanne asked Hauser for advice, but she blabbed at all of her school, and they were both suspended because Leanne said it was made up to, you know, keep her promise to Mary. And Mary was scared, left the baby on the father's doorstep, and then the father was the one who left the baby at the girls' room, in the girls' room at the prom. And who was the father? It was Principal Moorhead. What? Mm. And Trina blows up. At Moorhead in front of the entire faculty. Why was she angry? Just that he kept it. Yeah, a secret. He, he dumped her in a girl's bathroom <laughs> during the prom oh, and okay. to avoid his own responsibility. Yeah. Um, and then Veronica tells Clemens that she knows that he wanted her to figure it out, and then he won't admit it. She says that's even more badass. <laughs> and that's when it's revealed <laughs> that now this was all play. So. Clemens could become principal Like some Game of Thrones shit right there I was like yeah <laughs> Yeah But how did he How did he know for sure I mean just that I know Veronica Mars and I know she's Nosy and she will not pass up Mm-mm. The nope. chance to I mean I guess that's what he was he thinking set that, He set know. that record within Sight of her gave her detention And that was, that was why it was so strange that he was like Giving her detention out of blue for something that Happened like, weeks ago Remember that yeah, remember that incident six months ago? Yeah. I'm giving you detention. Uh, I will have to say uh, that. Well, I'll just say it. Um, this is Allison Hannigan's last episode. <laughs> well, I mean, she got a lot of screen time. She got a lot of a lot of story. Uh, Jason Doring said that he had a special connection with Hannigan on set. We get together, we just tease each other. She sucker punches me. There's just a total, I don't know, we have a sister-brother thing going on. I've never had that kind of connection with an actress before. It totally works. And Doring also noted that Hannigan responded strongly to any spoilers that she was given during the filming of an episode. So she (laughs) must have been a fan of Veronica Mars, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannigan was open to appearing in another episode But she was unsure whether or not her busy schedule Would allow it um, Because uh, This is the year that she gets a starring role On How I Met Your Mother 
Oh, so, uh, good times. Yeah. You know, back when it was good. <laughs> when it was before, funny and good. All that time before and, the finale. And, <laughs> yes, when it was inventive and new and fresh mm-hmm. and something we had never saw before. I looked before at my wife and I was like, this friends. is our friends. This is our friends. This is friends for the new generation. Yeah. Um, she said she felt that her character's arc had come to a natural close in this episode. Uh, Rob Thomas said, uh, due to her busy schedule, it was difficult to write an episode featuring Allison. Um, it's because we don't exactly know what her free days are. Even the episode that we did with her, there was a huge kerfuffle. We actually had to slide that storyline one episode down from when we originally wrote it. We loved having Allison on the show, and I'm sure we'll again someday if she's willing, because we had a lot of fun with her. But we have nothing booked with her right now. So, bye, Allison Hannigan. It was it was nice seeing her do something completely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. It's completely different from Willow, and completely different from Lily. I have I have a uh, another Allison Hannigan story. Um, there was a um, there was an ad on the Disney Channel. My kids are watching, you know, whatever nonsense. nonsense yeah, is constantly, twenty four seven. No, it's Disney Channel is great. It's the YouTube kids that I can't stand. <laughs> this, yeah. I, I'd rather them watch. Like I would get tired of Disney Channel if it wasn't for YouTube kids, and that is the worst. Um, uh, so yeah, the kids are super excited. They're they're and they see they see a commercial for um, they're doing a live action Kim Possible movie. Um, and I'd never watched the cartoon, you know, it was past my time or whatever. It was, you're right. Yeah. It was but, too, too young. It's funny that it's us. like something that they're, rev- they're reviving something that was still uh-huh. something that I was too old for when it first came out. <laughs> but the funny thing is how it all connects is, uh, you know, my, my kids are like, oh, I want to watch that. You know, so I, um, clicked on the thing to record it on a DVR, brought up the title screen and I noticed that Allison Hannigan is actually one of the cast members. Is she the mother? Is she Kim Possible's mother? So I guess she must be playing Kim Possible's mother. Oh, God. So we're really old. We're so old. And the girls girls were like, oh, so excited about seeing this. And I was like, hey, I might watch it with you guys, you know, if you have it on, because there's somebody I like in there. And, you know, it's going to be the the mother character. She's played by an actress I like. Her name's Allison Hannigan. And my, 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 my Juliet, my little one, looks at me. She's like, Allison Hannigan? Like Alice in Wonderland? I was like, that's her name, Allison. Allison, not Alice in. Because she was just kind of like, what's a Hannigan? It's not like a Wonderland. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, So shall we get to the mic drop of this episode? And then I will reveal to you the really, really heavy mic drop that that, uh, could have happened. So, all right. what? Something even more shocking? Holy cow. So uh, Veronica is called to the hospital to pick up Abel Kuntz's things because I don't know. <laughs> but whatever. It, it <laughs> gets a, her there. Just a reason to get her to the hospital. Uh-huh. She checks on Meg and it turns out she's got two heart monitors. And, I, and re- she reveals that she's got a large belly. And Veronica, <gasps> and right? Veronica is like, "What?" And then leaves. And then, right before the closing credits, uh, Meg opens her eyes. So we're gonna find out what happened. What do you think happened, Steph? <laughs> what do you mean? Why is she pregnant? Why is Duncan acting so weird? <laughs> what could that letter have been about? That she's pregnant with Duncan's baby. What? <laughs> 
that's the reason Duncan's been so preoccupied uh-huh. and and the whole baby thing. Because wasn't it this episode that Duncan was like missing for a couple of days? And she she called Duncan and said, uh, "Am I going to see you on a float in a parade?" <laughs> it was one of these episodes. Yeah. Yep. All right. So I'm going to tell you the heavier mic, mic drop. Or it could it could have been that her father what? raped oh her. Oh my god! Or it could have been that she went on a boat and smoked a J with the dad. <gasps> That's true. Meg would Meg would not do. What that. about it? Could have been Steve Gutenberg. What? Yeah, Woody Goodman. Be- Woody, not such what? a good man. Got her pregnant. What? How? What? She babysat for them too. Oh. I was just trying to think of all the likely suspects, but to me, oh, it okay. seems pretty obvious of what the leaks the show is implying that it's Duncan. That's the father, and we've got some mm-hmm. trouble ahead for Veronican. Hashtag Veronican. Uh, so here's the heavier mic drop. Oh no! Um, I'm scared. This episode was promoted with an alternate ending that would only be able to be seen on AOL. Well, I will tell you, it is also on the TV and. Holy crap. <laughs> so, Veronica goes in the hospital room, sees that Meg's pregnant, and mm-hmm. um, then she hears uh, she hears somebody approaching the hospital room. She sneaks behind the door, and she hears Mrs. Manning come in. Mommy's here. Mommy's here. And she hears Mrs. Manning talking to um, Meg, you know, the unconscious mm-hmm. Meg. And then she leaves. And as Veronica is stepping out from behind the door, the heart monitor suddenly flatlines. Veronica comes back into the room and sees that Meg is dead with a pillow over her face. Veronica grabs the pillow just as a nurse runs in and says, what did you do? And then it goes to credits. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I was not expecting that. So, no. so Rob Thomas commented that the alternate ending was never going to be the actual conclusion to the episode. He said, we never seriously considered having that be the ending. There were various other Good. endings we did have, but they were so subtly different. It was like, when does Veronica enter the room? The idea is to promote the alternate ending. The idea to promote the alternate ending was a joint venture from UPN Promotions and executive producer Joel Silver. After Thomas learned that the others wanted an alternate ending, he decided to make it very different from the episode's actual conclusion. And cheesy. <laughs> but once we could, he says, "quote But once we could have a very different alternate ending, we thought, let's make it rock." <laughs> the beauty of having that alternate ending is that we don't have to play it out in the next episode. <laughs> so it's just like, Whoa. yeah, because that would, be, yeah, that would lead to you know being arrested. Yeah, Veronica is. So now Veronica and Logan are sitting in jail together, both accused of murder (laughs) together. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy. So nope. Meg is actually alive. (laughs) Just, just like pretty dark too. Just, you know, Meg, of course, you know, the Mannings are uh, locking the, the other daughter in, in, in a secret room. So, um, it isn't that surprising that she'd smother her child. (laughs) But it's super dark. So that is so. Yeah, m- mystery solved. Why Duncan's so preoccupied? Uh, from what it's this this ending seems to imply, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if, and so we have to see: Does Meg wake up and 
her and Duncan get back together and it's just always something keeping Duncan and Veronica from being together. Yeah. Or what? We have we also have Logan and Weevil's um alliance, secret alliance, and see what happens with that. We have Kendall being in charge of Beaver's money. We have Dick possibly get getting together with Gia. You know, that's that's horrifying as well. <laughs> Gia deserves so much better. <laughs> <laughs> we, we also still have to find out the who, who killed the kids on the bus. So many things that are that are hot and was was Veronica was it meant for Veronica? Mm-hmm. And of course, and is Goodman a good man? Mm-hmm. And um, also um, a question that uh, was repeated several times in the wire: Where's Wallace? Where's Wallace? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wallace hasn't been on because he's moved to Chicago with his dad. Uh, he's forever. He's not. He's still in the main credits. Uh huh. Tessa Thompson. Tessa we haven't Thompson? seen her yeah. in a, several episodes. Um, we'll see. You have the names of the next three episodes in front of you. <laughs> I do. If you don't, if you don't, uh, go okay. ahead. Uh, the next episode is called "One Angry Veronica." Whoa, mm. wonder, what's she angry about? That Duncan's been hiding a baby from her, maybe? Uh, next episode's called Donut Run. And the third episode we'll be talking about are, is called Richard and Wallace Go to White Castle. <laughs> so, and I think it's by then we'll be halfway through Veronica Mars. Yep, looks like it. So we'll see you all. Uh, did you have anything else to say, Steph? I think that's it. Do you want to remind any iZombie listeners that we I am still Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays watching iZombie with friends at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Look at our Twitter and our Facebook group for links if you want to join in the fun. Uh, we just watched uh, – um, we're just wrapping up season one actually. Uh, tonight's episode, which is Thursday when we're recording, is uh, Astro Burgers. I'm really looking forward to that one. So anyway – uh, we'll see you next time on uh, the iZombie podcast slash we don't want to wait. <laughs> Bye. Bye.